102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. The phone numbers, you'll need them. Use it. 512-834-1027. It's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week? Do so. I am at Jeff Ward Show. You want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week? You can do that. Just don't suck. Make the show better. Got it? Make it better. There's plenty for you. You can post your comments. uh, Just get to the point. That's at Jeff Ward Show. I would suggest you check out the podcast. This is going to sound a little dramatic. I don't mean it that way, and I don't think I'm that far off. You really, really need to listen to the podcast we're going to drop today. If you've ever wondered, and you should, whether you vote or not, whether you're political or not, if you've ever wondered why the state of Texas is governed the way it is now, i.e. all culture war stuff. It's nothing like it was when Rick Perry was even pre- was president. Good gosh, what a Freudian slip that is. Wow. That's slightly off there, Jeff. Missed that one. Um, when Rick Perry was governor, George W. Bush was governor, you know, it started in 2017. The culture war started. I, can, I, I did an interview today. I can tell you exactly why it is this way, exactly why the people are in office are here to stay, there is an answer. There's an answer. It's disturbing for most people, but there is now an answer. It's unbelievable. It's so... uh, But it's very eye-opening. So check it out. The podcast drops each afternoon. You can get the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. I would suggest you also check out the YouTube show as well. We do that every afternoon, even though I look like Shrek. We put that out, Jeff Ward Show, on YouTube every single day. I don't like the term, particularly in sports. I'm not even sure I like it used in business. I think the term culture is thrown around far too often. I think it's too easy. I think it's become sort of, sort of blanket. Um, I just I don't like the term. Certainly in a reference of sports. And it's become... It's not used and abused as much as the word adversity, which is officially the thing that makes my head explode when somebody says they faced adversity today. No, you fumbled the ball three times, jackass. You didn't have adversity. But culture is quickly moving up that chart of being overused. I don't think that it has, that I can tell now, has real meaning. I don't think when you hear it or say it yourself, I don't think you put any context to it. So I don't like it. I don't like the term. I think it's used too often. I now think, because it's it's being used and applied to your Dallas Cowboys. Here we are almost to March, and the Dallas Cowboys find their way, as usual, into drama. It's an interesting story that just came out. It's uh, it, it, He may have been just joking around, but I think there's a lot to it. And I do think it pulls the curtain back on a lot of the problems the Dallas Cowboys have had. I think I can make some sense of it. I think I can do a better job. I'm going to try. I may nerd out. I might even make reference to one of my favorite books, The Inner Game of Tennis. So it'll really get nerdy. But 
the Cowboys have found their way into drama. They are always good talk show material. They are always going to be dramatic. But I don't know the term culture is being applied to the Cowboys in the right way. The Cowboys are a ridiculously underachieving organization. Now, you want to say that's culture? I I guess go ahead. I'm going to argue that. But they are ridiculously underachieving. I think blaming everything on all their underachieving, you know, we're talking about almost 30 years of underachieving. I think blaming everything on culture is too easy and it's too broad. The Cowboys have found their way, though, into drama. <laughs> Somehow, all these years later, it involves Jimmy Johnson all over again, all over again, and people are going to be giddy about this. People are going to think it's a great. Oh, this is great, Jeff. Jeff, he's Jimmy Johnson. They're talking again, man. He's going to fix them. Oh no. Oh no. Um, this was before it came out midday today, maybe a little later than that. The Jimmy Johnson doing an interview who I know, Jimmy Johnson, known him quite some time, incredibly successful Hall of Fame coach. We all know that stuff by now. He's an older guy, though. He came out and said he and Jerry are talking. He and Jerry Jones were talking an hour after the Packers destroyed the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas to to be to continue the unbelievable stretch of underachieving. And so it was like somebody threw a stick of dynamite out there. I can see Cowboys fans and face painters saying, "Okay, that's it. Jimmy's going to fix us." No, he's not. He's not. And it's not a culture problem. It's sort of a culture problem, but you know, no one's fixing you. No one is fixing you. Okay? So the day starts I'm thinking, "Huh, do the Cowboys have a culture problem? I'm trying. I'm, let's put our arms around. Do they have a culture problem? If so, who did that and why? And it's not a bad debate. I just don't think it's right. Here goes ESPN and Stephen A. Smith and the others this morning blaming everything on Jerry Jones, which is fine, and culture. Jerry is the coach. He's the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the position coach, because this is what he's allowed to happen. When Jimmy was there, you actually think somebody would have ever uttered, I'm tired. Absolutely not. The problem is, is that Jerry has allowed this to happen, go on for far too long. I'm not excusing the players, because at the end of the day, you're responsible for what happens on that field. But Jerry has allowed this. He doesn't put a coach in place. He doesn't put people in place that can hold the players accountable. And what I've known, if players, if you don't hold them accountable, more times than not, they're going to do what the Cowboys have been doing over the last 25-plus years. My answer to this question, Shannon, is they should have hired Bill Belichick. This is exactly what I was talking about. It's not just that he's a six-time champion as a head coach a two-time champion as a coordinator, a person that, as a head coach, went to nine Super Bowls. It's the Patriot mystique during all of those years of success. Whether they were winning the Super Bowl, whether they went to 10 seasons without winning the Super Bowl or whatever, you heard about the Patriot way. And we knew what that meant, the Belichick way. Because even though he had a superstar who would ultimately be known as the greatest of all time and Tom Brady, 
it was clear who was running football operations. It was clear that if you did anything inside that locker room that was not liked or was frowned upon by Bill Belichick, something's going to happen to you. Everybody understood it. You knew Robert Kraft was the owner. You knew that the buck stopped with him, but you also knew that when it came to inside that locker room, there was one voice. See, Robert Kraft might have something to say when it comes to finances, when it comes to contractual negotiations, etc. But the football portion of it, inside that locker room, how you walked, how you talked, how you act, how you chirped, what you said to the media, what you didn't say to the media, how you conducted yourself. Oh, no, 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 that was one voice right there. That was one, and that person was Bill Belichick. No, actually, um, no, 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 no. The Patriot way was Tom Brady. He was. Okay, so <laughs> all that we all have heard that a million times. Uh, you can think that. I'm not going to completely disagree, but I, I think there's a variation of this that people are now missing. Everyone acts as if Jerry Jones, you know, just started as the owner in the last 20 years of the Dallas Cowboys. He was the same guy operating the same way. He bought the team. 182 million, believe it or not, worth 10 billion now. But he bought the team and made the famous comment, like a goofball that he is, I'm into socks and jocks. He was hanging around then. He's not he's not any different now. I mean he's old and his face is more plastic, but he's not any different now now as an owner than he was when they won multiple championships. Remember they won a championship with Barry Switzer. That's not exactly some tyrant out there. He's not exactly Vince Lombardi or Bill Belichick, and they still won a championship. I think people are overanalyzing this. Tom Brady won those championships. And that, I think, is where I can explain the differences here, the culture part of this, which I don't think is culture at all. But, I mean, is Jerry Jones to blame for going, you know, for underachieving? Exactly what happened against the Green Bay Packers is a microcosm of the last 29 years. You underachieve. You've got talent. Dallas has not had this kind of talent for a long time. They had talent. And they're tight. It's a tight Team. They play tight. And I'm going to explain the differences here. I mean, Jerry Jones, the culture of Jerry Jones, to be honest, is no different today. Is the media whore that he is. I mean, he's not any different. He's not. Um, what they have and their direction is different, but no. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't think Belichick was any different. When he got Tom Brady, things became different. So, is Jones to blame? Yes and no. Can it be fixed? Probably not anymore. At some point, yes. But Dallas plays the game. They're tight. They're tight. You know, it reminds me of Dallas in a lot of ways. The Buffalo Bills. Stuff just doesn't work. You know the difference between a Brady and everyone else? The difference between how the Cowboys play and, and other teams? The term you're looking for when you say culture, when you want to analyze the psychology of football teams or any sports teams, the difference is it's just closing. It's just closing. Some people close you out. Brady will close you out. Jordan would close you out. Mahomes will close you out. 
It's not about the culture. Those are players who finish it off. Or a coach who finishes it off. That's not about the culture. Dallas plays tight. Buffalo plays tight. There are plenty of teams that play tight. So now all of a sudden, and I know the reaction. <laughs> I think he had to know the reaction. And I think he probably was joking to a degree. This is not what Dallas needed publicly. Dallas did not need this publicly. Having Jimmy Johnson back in some weird capacity, having Jimmy Johnson, who's an older guy now, got to be late 70s at least himself, has not been on a sideline in a long, long time. Having Jimmy Johnson back in some capacity, it's not going to change anything. It's not, okay? Um, It's just going to further neuter Mike McCarthy. It's going to neuter, again, the Cowboys organization. It's they're neutered by drama. If you want to find an issue here, and that may be part of the reason why they play so tight. So, what happens now? <laughs> you know, I'm watching this scroll across the screen. Okay, and um, I, I'm starting to laugh. I'm thinking, I knew this. I know this is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a huge deal in the state of Texas. And I don't know what people think they're really getting. But I guess you're hanging on to something, so you'll be happy about this. Jimmy Johnson is doing an interview. He doesn't do many. I've reached out to him several times. I've known him for a long time. His son and I played in college together. Um, since the Ring of Honor, I'm on. This is Jerry, Jimmy Johnson now. Since the Ring of Honor which was a whole dramatic debate, too, which was stupid. Uh, I'm on Jerry Jones's advisory board now. Uh, this is reported by SI.com. Was, it, was he being sarcastic? I mean, yes and no, except here's what the hand grenade was. We were talking on the phone about an hour after his Green Bay loss. I like how Jones, Jimmy Johnson phrases that. And he was talking about what all he needed to do because he had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Everything is hunky-dory now. I'm back in the full with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I don't know why he felt the need to say that. He could have joked and said, I'm back in the full. But where it's not so funny is... And I can't believe that Jerry Jones would be happy about this, saying that an hour after the game, after the most impactful loss of the past 20 years for the Dallas Cowboys at home, to now have you outed as being on the phone with Jimmy Johnson an hour after that game and having Jimmy Johnson say publicly, we were talking about the important stuff, really is neutering everybody in that organization. It is, to a degree, neutering Jerry Jones as well. It's the very reason, in a comical way, he ran Jimmy Johnson off when he did. He did not want it to look like that's the guy making this stuff happen. And now here he is doing it all over again. (laughs) They're having the exact same public, silly, dramatic issue 30 years later. Well, he's leaning on me. He's even called me an hour after the game. Guess who he picks up the phone to talk about the important stuff, his coach and his quarterback. Guess who? Me. 
and that is, I don't know how Jerry Jones is going to handle that. I think it's a really bad look for the Cowboys. It's a horrible look for Mike McCarthy. He's completely neutered. Um, it's just, I mean, you can just somewhere, you know, he may be in Cabo for all I know. Dak Prescott is rolling his eyes. So it's going to start a fight. It's going to start a dramatic old man fight, and it's going to be silly. It's not the reason why Dallas underachieves. It's really not the reason why any team underachieves. And while some of them can just close out games, they just close. Remember that. They just they finish the game off. They will finish the opponent off. That's not this drama. Even though everyone's going to go crazy, everyone's going to focus on this, everyone's now going to say, see, the culture of Jimmy Johnson is going to come back now. He's 80, and he's going to come back to the Cowboys, and he's going to fix it all. And now Jerry Jones is going to get pissed about that. I said, no, no, I'm fixing it. So it's going to be silly. It's not their problem. Jimmy Johnson cannot fix them. He can't. He cannot fix them. He was the reason, biggest, one of the biggest reasons in terms of being a closer, why they were winning the way they were at the time. But Jerry Jones wasn't operating any, any less. Jerry Jones, the general manager, along with his son, have given the Cowboys roster all that it needed. There were good players all over the place. There were Pro Bowl players all over the place. They're just tight. They play tight. They don't close. They don't close. The Bills don't close. And it is, um, it's not just a Dallas problem, but this is increasingly highlighted as a giant Dallas problem. So, well, Jeff, can't we blame it on somebody? Um, yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, Jones deserves the blame, but Jones, the general manager... Gave that they've got players, they've got players. See, the difference is, um, let me point it out this way The Inner Game of Tennis is this incredible book written a long, long time ago by a Harvard trained psychiatrist who happened to be a tennis player. And this is the classic example of tackling overthinking things. This is what makes people tight, this is what makes them not fearless. And so, The Inner Game of Tennis is a book, um, and he wrote, the psychiatrist wrote it, from the perspective of learning concentration techniques. Now, you're not learning concentration techniques because, you know, everyone has experience with this. Um, You're not learning concentration techniques because you um, are going to think, if I do that, I execute that. No. The concentration techniques are to take you out of focusing on the result and just playing. Getting lost in the game. The concentration techniques are to, to, to get you away from worrying about the score and just playing, just letting it go. People read the book and they still come up with the wrong thing. I need a, It even talks about the sound of the ball. It does all these little things you're supposed to do to train yourself to do so you get lost in the moment. You're not thinking about the score. You're thinking about the sound. You're thinking about a seam on the tennis ball. You're only lost in the game itself. You're fearless because you're just lost in the game. That's how Patrick Mahomes plays. He's just fearless. It's not the scoreboard. It's nothing else except I'm in the game. I'm in the game. I'm lost in the game. That's the difference between tight players, tight teams, and those that close out. They're overthinking the scoreboard. They're overthinking the execution and not lost in the moment. I know that sounds sort of like psychobabble, but it's not at all. 
And, you know, using Belichick as the example, that's why the Patriots won. See, that's what Dallas doesn't have. I don't think it's entirely true. Dallas won. There are two types of superstar closers. Okay? Coach and player. And I know, you know people then would say, was Dak Prescott this guy? No, he's, he's tight. He is. He's, he's far from a Holmes. But I'll give you what I think is the example of the different types of coaches and players. And I don't think this is because Jerry Jones, the hands-on guy, set this culture. Jerry Jones' mistake has been not finding that guy, that quarterback, that coach, that guy. It's not that Jerry Jones talks too much or he runs around and, and, and does all these things. It's what's on the field. It's just what's on the field. Who can close? Who can play the right way? So, example. Belichick didn't create that culture. Brady did. Brady did. And Brady didn't start by, you know, some masterful mission statement like all goofy companies have written on some plaque somewhere. It's the execution. just showing up and doing it, man. Brady... These two types of players that get lost in the moment. This is what uh, Galloway, the Dr. Galloway talked about, is they get angry, they play angry, and those that play incredibly loose. But both of them are lost in everything but the scoreboard. Brady is like Michael Jordan, like Jimmy Johnson. They look for a fight to get lost in. The genius, the great closing ability of Jimmy Johnson, the coach, Tom Brady, the player, Michael Jordan, the player, was they would find a fight. I'll cut your heart out, man. I just want to beat you. They'll look for anybody to beat. They're not playing the scoreboard. They're looking for anybody to beat. Any fight, any way, and they get lost in that. They're angry. And that anger, as Galloway wrote, in terms of focus, that anger is perfectly fine. I mean, as long as you're not, you know, committing penalties and stuff like that, and you lose your head. No, you're lost in the moment. They're lost in the moment. Jordan would get lost in the moment of just beating you off the dribble. You want to take me on, I'll crush you. Jimmy Johnson coached that way. They were angry. He coached in an angry way. They got lost in the game in in this competitive way. Flip side of all that is the complete opposite, but it's the same result, the same fearless way of going about things is completely opposite is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Those guys get lost in the game and love it. I played with one of the best players I ever played with, a guy named Jerry Gray. He was an All-American football player at Texas. Jerry used to laugh when he played. I've never been around anyone who loved playing. The guy would go play in a six-on-six game if you set it up somewhere and love every single second of it. So would Patrick Mahomes. Those guys love being on a field and playing that game. They're lost in it. They're fearless because they just enjoy the game. It's like Sandlot football for them. They don't care about all the other stuff. They don't care about the scoreboard here. They just man, they just get out there and start playing. They're fearless. Brady is fearless because he wants to cut your heart out. Mahomes is fearless because he's happy to be playing and goofing around. Andy Reid is fearless and coaches a game fearlessly because it's a lot of fun tinkering. That guy, would, he would have almost as much fun probably coaching some flag game, designing stuff. Jordan was fearless because he wanted to just beat you wherever you are in that moment. 
they're not tight. They're fearless. And there's different ways of, of people executing and being fearless. Dallas is always tight. Buffalo looks to be tight to me. Stuff just doesn't work in the end. They just don't close. Mahomes doesn't get lost in anything except the game. It's just, I mean, that guy, you probably could talk him into go play in a pickup game somewhere and he would have a blast. He would have a great time. It's just fun for him. Jordan had to look for, Brady had to look for a reason to cut your heart out just to beat you. Okay. But they weren't tight. So that Jones's mistake, the genius of Jimmy Johnson was, they were, that was an organization, that was a way they played, they were Brady-like and how they were angry. But that... Jones didn't ruin that. He just hasn't had anybody since. He doesn't have, he hasn't had a player like, I know it's easy to say now, but he hasn't, he's had players that have been tight. He's had coaches that are, that are tight. They're scoreboard watchers. That's not coming from how Jones runs, you know, the fact that Jones is doing interviews. The fact that Jones gave him good players. He put good players out there. They're just missing that thing where they don't close. They're just tight. The way they play. And now that he's, to circle it back to Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson coming out and saying today, because everybody would say, Jimmy can fix this. He can't anymore. He's not on that field. He's not, this is why I think younger coaches work. I think they're not as caught up in other stuff. They're lo- they get lost in the game a lot more. Andy Reid gets lost in the game a lot more. Jimmy Johnson in his prime would get lost in the game a lot more. Aikman was an angry player. They didn't think about all the other stuff. They they thought about just cutting your heart out. Um, It's too late now. You can't say, call Jimmy Johnson up and say, how would you fix us now? He's going to say, well, you got good players here. You got good players there. Quarterback is good. Uh, That guy's good. You got a defensive end that's really good. You guys are just tight. That's it. They play that way. That's what underachieving teams do. That's what underachievers do. Paralysis by analysis. That doesn't come from Jerry Jones, the owner. That comes from the people that Jones has hired. He probably does. Belichick was an interesting idea. The more I think about it now... Uh, Belichick could get him in the right direction. Belichick could sort of make some rules that sound cool and old school. Belichick could probably point the finger the right way. Belichick could cut you. But I'm not sure that even works. Andy Reid doesn't do that stuff. Andy Reid had a player knock him over. And he didn't even get upset because he just enjoys it. He just lost in the game, man. So this is going to now start all sorts of issues, and what an embarrassing day because Jimmy Johnson's throwaway comment, yeah, he called me after the game, yeah, we talked about McCarthy, yeah, we talked about this, and it's probably true. It's not the worst thing that he's gone public with this, but it's going to start this debate. It's going to just start it on ESPN already. See, see, see what the problem is. So Jer- Jimmy is going to fix him again. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's possible now. Um, and it's just going to end up now. You can set your clock to it. Jerry Jones is going to be furious because the perception now is I had the lead. 
30 years later, I had to lean on Jimmy Johnson to fix us and take care of things all over again. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Jeff Ward Show podcast, or the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Better like that, kid. And you shut up, smoker voice. I thought we had a deal that he was going to talk 60, what was it, 80% less? I don't know what it was. Um, Man, there is way too much Travis Kelsey that's about to happen. Some entertaining slash disturbing. And then... Conspiracy nut jobs, you're gonna get your wish. You're gonna get your wish. I got it. I, I, I actually believe this one. Let's get our tin foil hats on together, okay? It's not gonna be quite Fauci, but I think I, I'm I'm gonna be with I'm on this conspiracy. I think there is some evidence now that this was something the, the NFL got involved in the Super Bowl a little bit too much. Okay, so first up, you know what I didn't think I'd be saying today? The name Garth Brooks. Didn't think it was going to happen. Five o'clock this morning, whatever. I'm not sleeping. I got an hour, maybe. I don't know what it was. It's been a while. Um, and I'm reading, why is Garth Brooks talking about Travis Kelsey? Well, why am I now watching the Garth Brooks podcast? <laughs> Which is um, not bad. Hey, look, the guy's an interesting dude. He can carry on a conversation. So, okay, well, he jokingly, I think he was joking, has invited Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey will do it. Okay? Get ready for it. I'm wondering if Ms. Swift at some point is not going to say, that that's enough. Stop acting like you're 17, please. But... I think Travis Kelsey will take Garth Brooks up on this. He's invited him. They want to, he wants to do the he wants to do is it low places? Early nineties. I think I saw Garth Brooks in concert twice. The guy works pretty hard on the show. The Friends in Low Places, right? Famous song. I'm not even sure if it was it might have been Garth Brooks' first giant hit. And that guy had a heck of a run, no doubt. So he jokingly or seriously has invited Travis Kelsey to do the song with him, of which Travis Kelsey will do it, and he will get hammered, and truthfully, it's going to be fairly entertaining. If you're saying to yourself, Jeff, why is this coming up? I've waited just because there was a death at the parade. We needed some separation from the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration to now. So if you haven't heard this, and it makes sense that people haven't just because of the tragedy that happened, oh no. The Chiefs are up on a stage. Some dudes are shirtless. It's just kind of the thing now. And there's a microphone. Guess who grabs it? If you know this song, sing along. 
Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined the Niners affair. The last one to know. We were the last one to show. We were the last ones they thought they'd see there. And I saw the surprise, that fear in their eyes. And we took that glass of champagne. Pat, Pat took that glass of champagne, I promise you. When I took, and I toasted you. Honey, we threw what I never, what? <laughs> I got friends in Okay, well, somebody else had to take the mic because uh, the drunk guy couldn't finish. <sighs> you know what he is? Everyone had that friend, maybe still does, who's just a knucklehead, but kind of in a lovable way. It's your friend, and somebody at the party says, man, is that guy shirtless and hook-sliding people on the dance floor? Yeah, yeah, it's just what he does. And he's a fool. And he vomits on himself, shirtless, goes back over to the Everclear Punch and has three more glasses and does stupid stuff again. But you all kind of like him. He's just the kind of life of the party because he's such a buffoon. That's Travis Kelsey. Now, I don't know if Ms. Swift is going to be cool with that too much longer. So that's why Garth Brooks went public to say, hey, bud, let me help you with that a little bit. Because he was out of his mind. Completely out of his mind. And it's not new for him. He kind of, like I said, he's your friend. He's that guy. I'm trying to think from Animal House. Did he, wasn't, was he Bluto from Animal House? Nah. He's too loud. Bluto was a little quieter. He's the friend at the frat house that everyone likes, but you know by midnight he is an idiot. Every time. Every party. That's Travis Kelsey. So... Patrick Mahomes has to take the mic from him to finish the song. Now, tinfoil hat time, and I kind of believe this one. Had the game gone a different way, you know, I, I think it's a, I think it'd be, be an interesting debate, even though the Chiefs won. And that is Travis Kelsey flipping out on Andy Reid and almost knocking the old fat guy over would be a giant deal. Would it be a career breaker? For Travis Kelsey, I mean, with the, I really think our the way we look at him, he's he's the lovable, out of control, super talented, drunk frat guy who's got really bad clothes. I mean, the fact that he even dresses like he works at a food court sort of works for him. I wouldn't want to be you know dating him or married to him, but I wonder if we knew more about that psychotic frenzy where he went over and screamed at Andy Reid. So you know, there's context to this. Travis Kelsey missed a block and a guy got hit. And I think they may have fumbled. He was pulled out, replaced by someone else who then turned around, missed a block. Players hit the backfield and they have a fumble. It pissed him off. How dare you pull me out of the game? Which is cool. I mean, that's fine. That's how you want players to be. You really do. Um, but he went up to Andy Reid. We now are learning reportedly, that the NFL that has access to all that audio from the sidelines, I played some of it, the coin toss is, uh, is remarkable sound because it has everyone discussing what's about to happen. 
Well, apparently the NFL decided that they were going to edit what was said in the moment between Travis Kelsey, not even between, when he's attacking Andy Reid. Here's the story that's out now, and I kind of believe this tinfoil hat people. I don't buy that Fauci killed DeMar Hamlin. I don't buy that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and Joe Biden and Obama and Fauci were in on throwing the game, you idiots. But I kind of do believe this one, that the NFL edited the video, cut out the video of what was said. It's reported now the Kansas City Chiefs are making sure the general public never finds out exactly what Travis Kelsey said to Andy Reid at Super Bowl 57. After the Chiefs' overtime win over the San Francisco 49ers, NFL Films released mic'd up footage of the game. As noted by the New York Post reporter Ryan Glassbeagle, the audio from Kelsey's infamous blow up was missing. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to hear it. And you know he's dropping some F-bombs on the fat guy. Instead, the NFL included the Tony Romo commentary from CBS's broadcast. Sources tell the Post the omission wasn't a coincidence. They believe the Chiefs may have blocked NFL films from releasing the audio. I believe that. I do. Um... Now, I know it's not quite what most of you want. A lot of you, uh, you MAGA hat people, are all in on it was all fixed. It's Taylor Swift, Joe Biden, Obama, the standard stuff. I do believe this one. I don't believe it's just the Chiefs didn't want it out. The NFL didn't want that out. They own everything on that film, on that field, including the video and audio that's coming out. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure we even want to hear it. I think it would be really damaging to Travis Kelsey if we heard. I'm going to guess what he said. He ran over there and started screaming F-bombs at the old man. Don't you pull me out. Basically saying, you know who I am kind of thing. And I do think Andy Reid's cool about it. I do. But I don't deny this tinfoil hat theory that the I don't think the Chiefs are the only ones that wanted it stopped. The altercation occurred shortly after the Chiefs turned the ball over in the second quarter. The tight end was seen screaming at Reed after the turnover in the heat of the moment. Kelsey accidentally bumped Reed and caused him to stumble. Um, He explained the situation on his podcast, saying he regrets the situation. He said he told Reed to put the ball in his hands and let him be the reason the team wins and loses or loses. Uh, I, I kind of believe that, too. I just don't think he said it that way. So I believe it. Yeah, I believe uh, the NFL jumped in. I believe if there is uh, an agent for Travis Kelsey somewhere, he probably said, you know, I got to do I got to do this pretty often with my client. Uh, could we not? Could we not let everybody hear that, please? It's a bad look for my guy. But the Chiefs said, you're right. I bet Andy Reid said, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. Edit it all you want. I don't want that out there either. So instead... In the moment, almost probably within an hour after the game is over, they start putting all this stuff together. I'm not surprised. They said, you know what? Cut that. Put Tony Romo rambling over it. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Pass the ball to the Jeff Ward Show. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. 
All right, uh, on Twitter X or whatever it's called, uh, you've done well. You really have. It's not often that I can say that. I feel like some of you have made the show better, so here we go. Uh, at Michael200668. They didn't want Kelsey's furious rant out because he yelled, <laughs> Man, this is good. I hate it when you guys are better than me. They didn't want Kelsey's furious rant out because he yelled, You're making mental mistakes, coach, because you took too many Pfizer boosters. You're too boosted, brah. National Fauci League can't allow that. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Well done. Well played. Now, this is good, too. At Arm STRDJ. I'm thinking Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. That's good. Yeah, who is Travis Kelsey, the drunk buffoon? You know, it's he's that guy. I mean, now, he's that guy, and he just happens to be probably the best player ever at his position. He ended up catching nine passes, so I mean, it's you can't you can't laugh him off too much. But man, he he's that guy. He's the he is that guy that's always going to look and sound like a jackass, but you still kind of like him. He's the endearing drunk friend in college. What is life going to be like? I mean, look, this is him when he's got something to do. He's doing a bunch of commercials, a bunch, right, Fauci? He's doing a bunch of commercials, and you know, he's still playing. What happens when this guy has nothing to do? Can you imagine how out there he'll be then? I, I can just see him showing up hammered at the concerts. You know he's going to want to go on stage. I don't think Miss Swift is going to go. I just, I don't. I think it'd be really tough to date the drunk guy from the frat house, even if you like him. I think that'd be tough. All right, whatever party you have with your parents, you know he's going to be over there in the Everclear again and just hammered, and he's going to be hook-sliding people on the dance floor. You just can't have it. Uh, Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Who else is a famous drunk guy from the movies? I mean, he's not, he's not cool enough to be Pluto. Sorry. Uh, here we go. How about this? Eric Shipman 6 says, I love the comments regarding Gerald Jones and Jimmy Johnson. I totally agree. This will spiral quickly, grow some legs, and linger way too long. What's the over-under we'll have either one of them five years from now? Yeah, I, I, I don't even know who to fault. I think I'm going to have to fault Jimmy Johnson to a degree on this. He did not have to out this publicly. I got to believe this was a kidney punch to the old man. Even if, he's, even if he's sort of joking around, Jimmy Johnson had to know the effect of, after all these years, the very reason they split up in the most ridiculous divorce, in, in, one of the most ridiculous sport, divorces in sports history, is because Jerry Jones didn't like him feeling like he was showing him up. And what does Jimmy Johnson do when Dallas has and Jerry Jones have their most embarrassing loss in decades. I mean, the, the, the Packers' ass-kicking is just so embarrassing. And then Jimmy Johnson, less than a month later, decides to tell everyone, well, he called me, you know, asked me how to fix it. He needed, he needed my help again. That's what he said. 
he had to know what he was saying was just going to turn into a a snowball. It is hilarious. It's good for my business because now we got to turn around and watch Jerry Jones try to spin this. But you're you're right. This this is not going to go well for either one of them. I wonder if this is Jimmy Johnson's old man way of getting him back. How about uh, Jerry Jones' statement? I. I acted rashly in adding Jimmy Johnson to the Ring of Honor December. This September, we will be de-ringing him or de-honoring him during the first home game. Maybe in another 30 years, we'll reconsider. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to say, Jimmy, I want the jacket back. You're out. Take Take the picture down. He's out. He did it to me again. See, this is why, this is what Jerry Jones is thinking, this is why I don't honor the guy. Because then he turns right around and tries to show me up just like he did 30 years ago, you jackass. Here is uh, at Texas Hardball. Use the words like process over outcome. Opposite of results oriented. We use routines to get lost in the moment. Good stuff, Hefe. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of the the Galloway idea. I'm, I'm not a... How do I say this right? When I say somebody plays tight and other people play fearless. Like, think about the Brady way. And I think this is not to sound preachy because I sit in a dark room and don't like to work with anyone. And I would never manage any of you. Never. I'm not, I don't want to manage anyone. I never want to hand a business card to anyone. But I, I, I am a big fan of you train, you train, you train, let it go. It's the people that can't get in the game and let it go that are tight. That are going to look sooner or later, going to check that scoreboard or check that sale. Or they can't let it go. I mean, that, see, Brady, when I said Brady played angry like Jordan, that's how they got lost in the game. They would look for a fight. Right? The famous thing about Jordan is is that, that he, would, he would find some reason to lose himself in the game, and it would be to beat you. Mahomes, on the other hand, gets lost in a game that I think is, a, is just fun for him. He's lost in the Sandlot football game that he's playing in. It's just two different mentalities, but the same result. They're completely lost in the moment, and it makes them fearless. Remember, you have to train for it, though. right? You prepare, you prepare, you prepare, and then you let it go. I remember people would always ask me, about kicking field goals. And they would say, well, do, do you block it out? Well, no, you can't block it out. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm in the moment. It's time to go. It's time. Let, let it go. You train, then you let it go. Those are really, that's very academic sounding, isn't it? Put that on your mission statement wall there at the office. Train and then let it go. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.